the Alnarek Files. Archival tape from April 17th, 1924. Researcher on duty was Georgiana Keyes, forwarded notes taken July 8th, 2021 by Joni Chang, archival transcriptionist at the Alnerwick Foundation, Toronto. This is Georgie Keyes, recording on April 17th, 1924. We still don't know who killed Henry. Detective Beecham has decided to leave it to internal investigation, so for the time being, the Foundation's out of the loop. I think they're a little spooked about how Marsh was killed right under their noses, and I'd be fine to leave them to it if it weren't for the fact that Mr. Alnwick just informed me that Henry's corpse had vanished. He sent me down to the station for a look at the situation. The slab was still sitting in its locked compartment, empty and seemingly undisturbed. The coroner and several of his assistants were there all day and didn't report anyone unlocking the compartment, let alone removing Henry's body. Nothing but a thin layer of moss smeared along it. Michael thinks that it's... Oh, what's the word he used? Uh, reclaim. The moss reclaimed Marsh in the same way that it did to the rat. I think he might be right. Mr. Alnerick is much more insistent that we get to the bottom of this before anything else happens. Adrian? Hello, Keys. Hey, if you don't mind me dropping in like this. I do, actually. Things aren't exactly going smoothly around Well, here. I'm about to change that. Now's not the time. My case is... Well, that's why I'm here. I've just heard back from some of my associates in the business, and I think you might be mighty thrilled to hear what I have to say. You see, my pal Tom said he's... Adrian, not... someone croaked Henry Marsh. What? Two days ago, someone snuck in at night and bumped him off. I take it they don't have a clue who did it. No, they're claiming it was a clean sneak. You don't believe him? I don't know. Detective Beecham told me Marsh had his neck broken. That wouldn't mean getting inside the cell, speaking as someone who spent many nights in a holding cell. They're tricky to get out of, and trickier to get into without a key. You thinking a cop dusted him? If it's an internal job, it's a stupid one. Henry was their biggest lead in bootlegging in years. Though, I suppose there's always the possibility that an officer was on someone's payroll. Wait. You're not seriously suggesting that I ordered his murder? Why not? You're a prominent figure in the Toronto underworld. You've got half the officers in this part of town wrapped around your finger. You stood to lose something if Henry spilled too much. And you had intel from me that Henry was well on his way to getting arrested. George, you don't really think I croaked him, did you? I didn't even know they'd caught him until just now when you told me. I've seen you lie before, Adrian, and you do it just as well as you tell the truth. Better even. I didn't need to tell you when any of the officers you've got working under Detective Beecham could have done it just as easily. Did it ever occur to you that the fact that I've agreed to help you in this possibly self-damning case might be an indication that I didn't croak him? I didn't like the guy, but we mutually benefited from our partnership. Getting rid of supply isn't quite what I'd call a wise decision. Right. I didn't consider that. I I'm sorry. Look, I know this case has taken more of a toll on you than 
You anticipated, and I respect that you may be a little more on edge than usual. But just know I'm trying to help you. Not playing both sides, or even just for my own gain. It all just seems a bit off, doesn't it? The police aren't exactly the most competent fellows on the block, but I don't think that they're so thick they couldn't solve a murder that happened right into their noses. Anyways, for the moment, your contacts are my only viable lead. Has there been any word from them? It's actually what I'm here about. Got a couple fellows who are willing to speak with you, as long as you can guarantee their anonymity in this investigation. That's fantastic! If any of them know of any associates Marsh may have had, it would be a major breakthrough for us. We can host the meeting here. If you can track down the supposed colleague of Marsh's, then I might be able to learn what the hell that thing I saw in the farmhouse was. The police don't want us involved in the case anymore, so your friends don't need to worry about running into them. I don't understand why you're still on about some slimy plant keys. Nearly every house in Toronto has some sort of mold or unidentified semi-sentient sludge. This can't be anything special. Besides, the only way to go from here is to start taking down the city's entire bootlegging ring. Which I doubt that either side of the law is going to let you do willingly. That part's out of my hands now anyways. Like I said, once the police had a lead that's big and obvious enough that they couldn't miss if they tried, they handed me my paycheck and kicked me to the curb. I'm not asking for you to believe in the supernatural, or in any of the work that we do here. Just to lend us a hand. Your guts never steered you wrong before, Keys. But it's certainly taken you well off the beaten path. Whatever you do, be careful. If you go poking too deep, you might not like what pokes back. So the Alnerwick Foundation wasn't above working outside the law. Not that I can blame them, really, a uh, hundred years later, and I still wouldn't trust the cops with even a fraction of the information we have. Or, at all, really. I wonder if Caroline... Hey! Sakti! Uh, yeah? Hi, I heard you got back this week. Uh, yeah, I did. How was it? Oh, well, you know, being a field investigator has always been tough, but it's not too bad once you've got a couple cases under your belt. Uh, run into anything super strange or creepy? <laughs> what isn't strange or creepy in this line of work? <laughs> we came across this grove of trees that had terrified human faces carved into them. So I guess that falls under both categories. So the children of the forest have resurfaced. Oh god, they're not sacrificing people again, are they? Thankfully, no, but it looks like they're prepping for a big ritual. Caroline wants us back out in the field at the first sign of trouble. And are the signs... signing? Um, no, they're not, but it's only a matter of time before they do. So I figure I'll only be on leave for a couple days before I'm back out in the field. Sounds eventful. It was. Honestly, it's a relief to be back. I'm... Glad you're back, too. Thank you. So, you're in the archives now. Yes. How are you finding it? I'm... adjusting. Find anything cool yet? Well, I've got these recordings from the 1920s that Caroline insists need to be played on this hunk of scrap metal. I've told her that they'll play on modern tech, but she's pretty insistent. It's fine, once you get going, but it's super nerve-wracking handling things that are this old. Wow. Actually, I was hoping to ask you about something. Sure. Uh, what is it? Have you ever encountered something like this while in the field? Um... Not that I can remember. Why do you ask? These recordings chronicle a case where this alien moss is the focus. 
From the sounds of it, the researchers at the time did a lot of work with it, but I can't seem to find any traces of their research anywhere in the Foundation. There are these notes, but they were taken by a victim in the case. Not any of our people. That's strange. I'll keep an eye out for them. I'd appreciate that. Well, I'll let you get back to what you're doing. Thanks. And, Sakti. Yeah? It's good to see you again. Really. Yeah. I guess I'll pick this up tomorrow. The Olnewick Files is written by Charlotte Dulesky and directed by Charlotte Dulesky and Riley Armstrong. For more information on this episode, as well as a full cast and credits list, see our show notes in the description. Rate and review us on iTunes, follow us at Olnewick Radio on Instagram, contact us via the questions box on Spotify or our email at at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.